Good morning, good people. My name is Nicole Donnell, and I'm your host of the Black Girl Budget Podcast. The Black Girl Budget Podcast has an international audience with listeners from Eswatini, Denmark, Mexico, Israel, Czech Republic, and Canada, to name a few. Welcome to season three, which is all about the financial tools we need to budget for today and tomorrow. If you're just joining us in season three, we've had some amazing collaborations and discussions about financial literacy, staycations, therapy, and credit card rewards. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you're notified when a new episode drops. Today, we're discussing another financial tool that will help us on our financial journey high yield savings accounts, because a few of you have actually DM'd me the screenshot of your interest rate going up on your high yield savings account. I definitely want to talk about them. Not that a lot of us know about them, but we're just not using them. So today we're definitely going to talk about these and I want to answer um, some of the basic questions as well as get into some other questions that will help you decide whether or not this is your time to actually get a high yield savings account or if you should even hold on to yours or get rid of it. So let's start with the first question. What are high yield savings accounts? Now, I'm not going to assume that everyone knows what these are, because if I'm being honest, I did not know about them for a hot little minute. So let's just jump right in. Um, High yield savings accounts are very similar to traditional savings accounts. And I will assume that we are all familiar with traditional savings accounts because we probably all had them as kids. Uh, I remember getting my first savings account at like 10 or 11, I think. Before I got my savings account, though, I was storing my money under my mattress and forgetting it was there. So, So I was very excited about my savings account and being able to put money in it and withdraw money when I was with my parents. Like I just knew I was a little tiny adult because I could do what my parents were doing. Side note, if you want the little people, aka kids in your life to start gaining some financial literacy, opening a savings account for them is a great place to start. And just make sure that you follow up with them about how much is in their account. When they get money from family or friends or their job, have them put some money in their account and check their balance weekly. This will start to uh, build helpful money habits for them. And so when they grow older, it'll just kind of be something that they do. It's like, oh, I need to check my bank account this week. So that's a really good way to start with your, I call them little people, but kids. Um, If you have nieces, nephews, cousins, kids, that's a really good place to start. Now, back to high yield savings accounts, which most of us refer to as HYSAs. There are, uh, they are a type of savings account with just a really long name. So there's nothing to be intimidated by. They're a savings account that offers a higher than average interest rate, right? So typically when we think of regular savings accounts, we just think of an account where we store money. Rarely are we thinking about the interest that we receive on that account. And that's because we don't receive that much. In fact, sometimes it's hardly noticeable. Um, The interest rate, though, is a percentage of what the bank is paying you for storing your money at their institution. And why is the bank paying you for this? Because the bank is using your money to lend and or invest it so the bank itself can make money. So just think that, you know, if the interest that you're making on your traditional savings account is like 0.06%, I think that's the national average in the U.S. right now, that's basically what the bank is paying you for letting them borrow your money. Like, hey, you put your money in my account and I use that money to, sorry, you put your money in my bank. I've used that money to invest or to lend out to other people. So I'm going to pay you a little bit, but 0.06% is 
literally not much. So, so here's an example. Let's say we want to open a regular savings account with $1,000 and an interest rate of 0.06%. Over the course of a year, 12 months, the bank would pay us 60 cents on that $1,000. Great. We can buy a Oh, wait, I was actually going to say we could buy a stick of gum, but I'm pretty sure candy is averaging like 89 cents right now. So 60 cents is better than zero, but this is where high yield savings accounts come in. A high yield savings account is still a savings account, but the interest you receive is higher. So according to Investopedia, some banks are currently offering 1% on HYSAs. I've seen 0.5% be very common over the last few years, and my bank actually just increased the interest to 0.75%. I got an email earlier this week, so we're moving on up, right? <laughs> During my research, though, I saw some pretty good interest rates in Toronto, South Africa, and London, so drop a comment and let me know if any of you guys are benefiting from the high interest rates in your country because I really want to know. Now, using the example as our using the same example as our traditional savings account a moment ago, let's see how the interest would work on a high yield savings account. So, same thing, we have $1000 in our high yield savings account. The interest rate is going to be I'll say 0.6%, right? Not 0.06, Over the course of the year, the bank would pay us about $6, right? So when we compare a traditional savings account with an interest of 0.06% to a high yield savings account with an interest rate of 0.6%, we can clearly see the difference. With a traditional savings, we'd make 60 cents. With a high yield savings account, we'd make about $6. Now, $6, a lot of money compared to 60 cents? Absolutely. But compared to maybe our daily bills, Maybe not, but we're being honest. We take $6 over 60 cents any day. So let's slide into our next question that I get from people a lot, which is what is the difference between savings and high yield savings account? I mean, the major difference between the two is that high yield savings accounts are earning 10 times as much, sometimes more than that. Aside from that, they're both savings accounts, which we all need. I cannot stress this enough. You need to have a separate account for your emergency fund slash savings. This money should not go into your checking account unless you are quickly transferring it to a designated savings account, high yield savings account that is specifically for your emergency fund or your savings, right? Do not keep this money in your checking account. I assure you, you're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> now, who can actually get a high yield savings account? Literally anyone. There are no income restrictions, although some banks may require a minimum deposit on, H on HYSAs. Um, other than that, though, I mean, once you find a bank that you trust and you want to store your money with, you can ask the institution directly if there are any restrictions on opening an HYSA with them. Um, I, in the research that I've done, very rarely do I find any kind of restrictions. Um, of course, having an account for a minor, you know, you always have to have an adult on it. But aside from that, 
that's pretty much it. You might have minimum uh, balances, you might have a minimum deposit, but for the most part, high yield savings accounts are very much accessible. Um, so yeah, definitely look into it if you're interested, if you don't have one already. But before we get into some more information that I think will help you decide whether or not you should get one, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into the pros and cons of high yield savings accounts. By now, we've all heard about the school shooting at Robb Elementary and the shooting at Topps Friendly Supermarket in Buffalo. These two shootings happened 10 days apart from one another. There have been over 200 mass shootings this year, and we're only in May. That's 40 mass shootings a month, and there are only 30 days in a month on average. Let's take a moment of silence for the innocent lives that were taken at the hands of domestic terrorists. The shooting at Topps Friendly Supermarket in Buffalo has affected the food desert of the area that the supermarket once served. Since the supermarket is shut down indefinitely, it's leaving residents with one less option for accessible, healthy, and low-cost food options. Feed Buffalo is a nonprofit organization working with community leaders and local organizations to provide hot meals, food deliveries, non-perishable items, and toiletries to families in the area. Feed Buffalo has raised nearly $150,000 of its $500,000 goal. Consider donating to Feed Buffalo to help families affected in the Maston Park community of Buffalo. The link to donate is in the show notes of today's episode. Thank you guys in advance. So let's talk about what some of the pros and cons of a high yield savings account are. I'm gonna start with the pros actually. So first pro, which is what we talked about earlier, is that they have higher interest rates compared to traditional savings accounts. Um, you want to make sure that you're maximizing any kind of uh, income that you could get, any kind of additional savings that you might get. And this is one of those areas. If you know there's a higher interest rate and that you could be saving slash getting back more with the high savings account, that's definitely a pro. Second pro is that this is a great place to keep your emergency fund or any other long-term savings you may have, aka home down payments, uh, graduation gifts, car down payment, maybe you have a new baby fund. This is a great place to store it and make sure that any high yield savings account that you are possibly interested in is FDIC insured. That's going to be very important to protect your account as well. Another pro is that these accounts are low risk investments. Although you aren't making a million dollars, you're still getting back something. So I would consider this to be an investment and it has low risk and you need to diversify your portfolio, right? So we want high risk, low risk, and then we want something in the middle. This would definitely serve as a low risk. And remember when things are low risk, you're not necessarily going to make a whole bunch of money, but you'll still come out with something. Another pro is that the money is always accessible as opposed to other investments that may require you to liquidate first. And with this, you can also easily transfer between other accounts. So accessibility is going to be very important, especially if you're housing your emergency fund here or maybe some other long-term savings that you have. Now let's talk about the cons. The interest rates vary. So as you may have seen on my Instagram stories, the, instant, the interest rate for Ali Bank uh, high yield savings accounts was about 0.5% a couple of weeks ago. It's now moved up to 0.75% and it'll go into effect at the end of this month. So interest rates can go up and down 
But I mean, it's a con. It could also be a pro because the interest rate is still higher than what the national average is right now, 0.06%. But we'll keep it as a con because it can vary. One day you're at 1%, the next day you're at 0.5%. This is also highly affected by the economy, what's going on in the economy. Another con is the return is not enough to build wealth long-term, which is why we aren't putting all of our eggs in this basket. If you decide you want to open a high-yield savings account, that's great. I don't recommend you make this the vehicle of your like wealth-building strategy, right? Because the return in and of itself is really not there for long-term wealth-building. And then another con is you can only transfer or withdraw money up to six times a month before getting hit with some kind of fee. But let's keep two things in mind here. Number one, this is a common restriction for traditional savings accounts as well because it is a federal regulation. Uh, And the limit was actually removed in April of 2020 to give more access to funds during the pandemic. So believe that regulation is still... Um, suspend it for the time being, but it may come back into play at some point. The second thing we want to keep in mind is that our goal is to save money. We're no longer in the habit of transferring money from our savings because we overspent money. So this restriction could serve as a pro more than it does a con. But either way, keep in mind, if we're putting our emergency fund in this account, we don't want to transfer as often as we can. But if we have a month where it's like back to back to back, you got to transfer money, Just keep in mind, there may be some kind of fee. So are high-yield savings accounts really worth it? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Think of it this way. You're walking down the street and you see a nickel a few steps away. You also see a $5 bill right across from the nickel. Which one are you happier to see? Obviously the $5. While neither the nickel nor the $5 are a lot of money, you'd obviously be happier with the latter. Your high-yield savings account won't make you wealthy, but it beats getting pennies, literally. (laughs) So definitely consider a high-yield savings account because even though you're not going to make a million dollars off this, it's certainly better than the pennies. Now, which companies have them? Honestly, at this point, I'm going to say probably all of them. (laughs) With a quick Google search and in no particular order, you can get a high-yield savings account with Goldman Sachs, Capital One, Discover, Alley, and so many more. If you want to store your money at a bank you already have an account with, contact the institution and see if they offer high-yield savings accounts. I mean, they can only say no, and then you can only have a a million other options to go with. So which company is the BGB preferred company? I personally have and love Alibank. Honestly, I don't know if it's Ally or Ally. No clue. But anyway, why are they BGB preferred? And that's for a couple of reasons. But my absolute favorite is because of their buckets feature. Some of us have like seven separate accounts, right? So we have an account for our bills, our savings, our kids, future, home repairs, et cetera, right? Well, Ally has a buckets feature that allows you to create separate categories, aka buckets for your money. In my account, I have a bucket for our dog, car repairs, house repairs, my sorority, etc. But all the money is in the same account, just separate buckets. It's really just a way for me to separate all the money into different categories, but keep it all in one account. So it's very easy to use. Another reason is because Ally has an app that is also very easy to navigate. And what do I always tell you all? Interface navigation is important when using financial apps. It also is very easy to connect to other accounts, withdraw, and deposit funds from. I think I'm going to 
kind of need to get me an alley sponsorship for this podcast episode. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm really selling this. I enjoy Alley for its buckets feature. I enjoy Alley for its accessibility as well as its app. And trust me, it's very easy to transfer money between other accounts. So I love Alley for that as well. Consider opening a high yield savings account as a place to store your money separate from your bill and spending money while making a few dollars at the same time. This is also a great alternative to investing your emergency fund, which can be extremely risky. I cannot stress this enough. If you have an emergency fund of, I don't know, $5,000, do not take that $5,000 and then invest it in anything. I do not recommend that you invest your emergency fund in real estate, in stocks, bonds, because it can really, you can lose that money, right? And then when you need an emergency, it may also take longer to get the money versus just putting in a high yield savings account. So really great place to store your money and the risk is still low, although you are getting some kind of return. Now that we've talked about high yield savings accounts and all of their glory, I hope you guys will consider getting one if you are in a position to do so. Remember that a lot of these accounts don't actually require minimum deposits or minimum balances, so it should be fairly easy for you to get one. I personally enjoy Alibank, so definitely check them out. Um, one thing I would ask, one thing that I would tell you all to consider is make sure that whatever bank you use is FDIC insured. Make sure that there are no fees associated with the account um, or that they're really low if you're dead set on that account and make sure that you will have access to that account whenever you need it. Is there an app that you can download that also makes accessibility a little bit easier? Those are all things that you want to consider when you are looking for a high yield savings account and most companies are going to offer you that. So I wish you guys all the best in searching for your high yield savings account. Definitely drop a comment, update me, let me know if you decided to get one and how it's working for you. Now we're going to move into a new business. Um, this is a new segment that we have, and I might change the name of it later, but for now, I like calling it new business. <laughs> I'm adding this segment because I've been getting really good questions from you all, but I know the responses can benefit all of us. So I'll be responding to questions on the podcast now. You can submit questions for the podcast through the Black Girl Budget website at blackgirlbudget.com. If there's any upcoming news for BGB, I'll add it into this segment as well. So you guys are always up to date on what we have going on. So let's start with something that we have coming up. First and foremost, our June newsletter will drop next Wednesday on June 1st. Shout out to all the Geminis because it is Gemini season. I mean, I really like y'all like that, but Okay. <laughs> Actually, my best friend is a Gemini. So <laughs> um, make sure you subscribe to the newsletter if you have not already, and you will receive monthly budgeting tips, budget-friendly activities, and industry news. I do apologize that I did not get you all a newsletter for the month of May. Your girl was on the struggle bus, and I was also in the process of quitting my lawyer job and I've really been living it up ever since I've done that. So I promise to make up for it in the June newsletter and moving forward, just to make sure you guys are subscribing to that because you don't want to miss what's coming up. I assure you. So the next thing that we have in new business is we got a question. We got a question from Short and Sweet on Instagram. She asked, quote, Nikki, what is your take on personal loans? If a person wants to consolidate their credit card debt or whatever the case may be, do you think this is a good option? All right, short and sweet. I think this is a really good question. And y'all know what my lawyerly answer is. 
It depends. So let's talk about personal loans first. Taking a personal loan, um, actually for both of these, taking a personal loan or consolidating depends on a number of independent factors, right? These could be good strategies for some and awful strategies for others. When it comes to taking a personal loan, here is what you want to consider. Number one, am I using this loan for a need or a want? I can't stress this enough, you guys. Please do not go into debt for something that you want, but is not a necessity. So then the question is, well, Nikki, how do I know if it's a want or a need? Needs are going to be things that if you do not get it, it will somehow negatively impact your lifestyle or your living, right? So you need water, you need food, you need baby food and baby formula. And please don't even get me started on the crisis that we have going on with that. So needs versus wants are going to be very different, right? For me, I want new clothes. I want shoes. I want jewelry. Like see all these things I want, but I don't necessarily need. Do I have clothes at the house? Absolutely. Do I have jewelry? Absolutely. But I just, I want more. So you got to decide, is it a need or is it a want? The second thing you want to ask yourself is, can I pay or save up for this thing with cash over time? This is so important because sometimes we are just so adamant about getting something today as opposed for as opposed to waiting for tomorrow that we will put ourselves into debt just to do that and that's really what debt is right is taking money from our future selves to get something for today and sometimes we have to do that sometimes we don't so you really want to ask yourself if you know if i wait 3 months and i save $100 each month can i pay for this thing in cash or if i wait 2 months and i save $500 each month can i pay for this thing in cash right can you save up or pay for it in cash versus taking out a personal loan it's going to be a really good question third thing that you need to ask yourself is have you exhausted all other options available to you? The reason we want to shy away from loans in general is because, like I said, we are taking money from our future selves, which isn't always a bad thing. Just keep in mind, that's not something we want to jump head first into, right? We want to assess the situation to see, is there any other alternative to this? Next, you're going to ask, do I have steady income? This means you can afford to pay the loan back and not be negatively impacted. Um, your credit score won't be negatively impacted. So do I have steady income? If I take this loan, can I pay it back? You also want to ask yourself, do I currently have a good credit score? And I know what you're thinking, what the heck does that have to do with anything? Well, your credit score is going to be very important. And remember, we have an international audience, so not everyone in our audience is going to you know, have to relate to a credit score because they're not applicable in every country. But for those of us who do have them, your credit score is going to be a good or bad indicator to the company that you're getting this loan from as to what your interest rate should be. So if you have an 800 credit score, you might get like a 3% interest rate, right? Or maybe a 5% interest rate. I don't know. But if you got like a 550, you might get a 20% interest rate. And I've got, uh, I can't remember which episode, but there's another episode where I talk about the different interest rates of like 5% up to 20%. The amount of money that you're paying back is so much more. So that's why that credit score is important because it can prevent you from paying back unnecessary amounts of money based on the interest rate. Over time, you'll pay a much lower amount. Now, you also want to ask yourself, is this my least expensive option? Now, this is different from have I exhausted all options? 
This one is, is this my least expensive option? Meaning, is there maybe, you want to take a personal loan, but is there maybe a credit card that you currently have and can use with a lower interest rate that has available credit for what you're trying to do? So I, one of my credit cards, I think, goes up to like $15,000, right? I believe all 15000 of it is available. So if I want to do something that costs maybe $5,000, is, the, is my credit card going to be more beneficial for me to use? Are there rewards points maybe? We talked about that in last episode, episode five with the Shmoney Coach. Um, are the rewards points going to make this a, a better decision to use my credit card? Um, will that mess with my credit utilization? Um, and then also, what is the interest rate on my credit card? Is there a promotion going on right now with 0% interest on this credit card? Those are questions that you want to ask yourself. Instead of opening another line of credit, can I make use of the lines of credit that are already available to me? So definitely ask yourself that question because you want to make sure that you're not going out of your way to open up new lines of credit and you already have a solution in your, in your wallet, right? So again, ask yourself, is this the least expensive? And then ask yourself, have you exhausted? exhausted all options. Now, when it comes to consolidating, again, it depends. So here are questions to ask yourself when considering consolidation. Number one, is your credit score good enough to qualify for 0% interest or low interest consolidation loans? You don't want to consolidate your debt and end up with a higher interest rate. You'll be spending more money unnecessarily. And remember, when we talk about open lines of credit and debt it's a lot of it is really about the interest rate. That's what you're going to pay back on your money. So yeah, you want to borrow money from people, but you also don't want to pay an arm and a leg, maybe just an arm, but not both. So you're really trying to keep in mind, I want the lowest interest rate possible, if not 0% interest. And that's what's going to be important across the board. Credit cards, mortgage loan, car payments, um, personal loans. I said car payments, but car loans, personal loans, all that stuff. What is the interest rate? The higher the interest rate, the more money you're going to lose. And y'all, the interest rates are chokeholds, okay? Chokeholds on us. We need to be getting lower interest rates. Moving on, because I could talk about that all day. The second question you need to ask yourself is, are you confident that you can pay the consolidation loan in a timely manner? If you're under the impression that no matter what, you're not going to be able to pay the debt off, consolidation may not be for you. Sometimes consolidation loans have a certain amount of time that you need to pay it off by. But also, do you think it's going to help you to consolidate if you think that you're always going to have this debt no matter what, right? So that's a good question to ask yourself. Number three, have you tried the snowball or avalanche payoff method first? These strategies may help you without needing to consolidate. And these are really good strategies that don't require you to um, change your interest rates or go through any additional paperwork or open up any new lines of credit because you are going to implement strategies like this that will help you. And don't worry, if you don't know what the snowball or avalanche effect is, we have YouTube coming this summer full effect. So I will be making videos about that. Um, so just keep in mind that there are other strategies aside from consolidating, but you definitely want to ask yourself those questions to determining if consolidation is the best for you. There are so many variables to consider when talking about personal loans and consolidations that it really is 
difficult for me to give you a straightforward answer on whether or not you should do it. And it really does depend. But short and sweet, ask yourself those questions first and see how you come out. I wish you all the best with that decision. And hopefully these questions will help you decide whether or not you should get a personal loan or whether or not you should consolidate. Lastly, I want to let you guys know that the podcast is now available on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you know when a new episode is available. As always, thank you all so much for joining me on our episode today. I will talk to you all next Saturday. And as always, happy budgeting.